Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Black and White Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Quentin Corbulo. On today's episode, Will Vanderwall and I gave our reactions to the James Harden 14 blockbuster trade that occurred on Wednesday evening. Apologies for not getting it out. On Wednesday evening, we had a lot of schoolwork to do. <laughs> and sometimes the NBA's got to wait. And we're sorry it took until Thursday night we recorded this. But we wanted to get it out because not every day a talent like James Harden is involved in these trades. It was just such a high magnitude trade. We had to discuss it. We had to get it out as soon as we could. And thank you for being patient, all seven of our listeners. So without further ado, here we go. It's Thursday night. It's 10 o'clock p.m. And James Harden is a Brooklyn net. Um, We were together, or almost together, when Woj dropped a Manhattan Project bomb on the NBA world that James Harden finally got his wish and was traded to the Brooklyn Nets in a four-team blockbuster that involved Brooklyn, obviously, Houston, obviously, and then Cleveland and Indiana deciding to throw their hats in the ring. Will, you get the alert. James Harden is traded. What is going through your head? James Harden just got traded. <laughs> I mean, I, I need. Really de- I, I, I'm going to sound like an English teacher. I need deeper meaning here. I need. All right. I really so need to beneath, un- beneath the so surface. To, to un- unpack my thoughts. Um, first thing I saw, uh, I got an ESPN notification that was like four minutes old that said uh, James Harden got traded. I go to Woj's page, and the only thing at that point I saw was the amount of picks that they got. Yeah. And then, like. Four five minutes later, I think you text me saying that Oladipo also got traded. Yes. So I go look at it again, and to be honest, I can never tell who ends up on what team or what happens in that trade uh, from Woj's tweets. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally like trying to put together a puzzle, and it's just impossible. Yeah. So I just waited for um, them to actually put out an article to see uh, what everyone got. Um. I mean, I went over, like, the grades and stuff, and, I mean, I for a trade like this, I don't think that trade grades really matter. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, those trade grades aren't even going to be close to what the trade ends up actually being, just because of how much was moved. Like, you have a pick here from 2027. Like, I will have graduated college. Like, they, okay, uh, 2027... Uh, what are we in? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, so we're we'll be out of co- we'll be out of college. We're the class of twenty six. No, we'll be out of college. Subtract six. They just traded for an eleven year old. Yeah, th- those picks are going to come to fruition. Some kid is just shooting basketballs in his driveway right right now, worrying about elementary he hasn't school. Even work. yeah, he hasn't even graduated elementary school. Yeah, the kid's gonna be kicked a lot. Um, <laughs> probably gonna be seven foot in like fifth grade and. I don't know. Um, but yeah, those are all from, those are the uh, pick swaps. I mean, the only trade that I feel like, or there's two trades that I can compare this to. Yep. One is the Paul George trade and the amount of picks. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's obviously recent. And then you obviously have to think about the Kevin Garnett-Paul Pierce trade. But that's completely different. And that Harden is still like very, very much in his prime. And they were on the verge of being washed, if not had like half a year, year left. So, yeah. Pearson, um, Pearson and Garnett, when they got traded to Brooklyn, were a combined 72 years old. Um, and obviously with KD, Kyrie, and Harden, you got all guys that are at least in the realm of their prime. Yeah. So, even though the NBA world kind of expected this, especially after... James Harden literally said on national television, or not national television, but an aired press conference that Houston wasn't good enough to win a championship and yeah. basically said Houston 
wasn't good, it, it seemed inevitable that he mm-hmm. was going to be moved and that there was no way he could come back to Houston after that. This still felt shocking because not every day a player that like Harden that has defined a generation of basketball players, not only on the court in this offensive three-point shooting isolation Sides. revolution – Sidestep traveling, sidestep traveling, step what a, all, everything, and off the court. No defense playing. Of, he he gets he plays a little bit well, more defense. He, he's a better defender than people give him credit for. I I know that I know that. Yeah, and off the court with just player empowerment. I mean, you saw how yeah. the Houston Rockets, since he was traded there in 2012, how the team was literally tailored to him. It became yeah. tailored to him. The, the organization pretty much revolved around him. This whole yeah. era of player empowerment. Not every day those kinds of people are traded in trades like this. And it took me, and I bet it took you a while, to just wrap our heads around it. It's yeah. one of those trades where you like remember where you were when yeah. you got the alert. I, yeah, I had actually, I hate to toot my own horn, but I had predicted this during the summer. I was uh, doing a workout. Uh, someone there was a Rockets fan that I was working out with. Yeah. And my method of thinking for why he would be traded is now, like as of right now, this is the max value that you can get for a player like James Harden. Mm-hmm. I thought it was more likely that they were going to trade Harden than Westbrook. Turns out both of them are gone. But, um, yeah, I feel like the value that they got for him is probably the biggest – value that I've seen like from a terms of picks they got about again the same number as Paul George if not one more uh plus uh the Rockets got Oladipo who I think is a huge part of this trade being uh only a little bit removed from an all-star uh, I know he had a torn patella I really want to say but something that is yeah yeah um He's been really good, so it's obviously production is going to drop off. It's James Harden. But the Rockets aren't necessarily, like, screwed in terms of contending. Plus, they have everyone else's picks. So they don't really need to tank. You can kind of do a Celtics thing. All right, so let, let's, let's first start with the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. The receivers of the dollar for four quarters. They've put themselves in a Clippers situation. They have mortgaged their future in order to shoot for the moon, also known as a championship. And now it it has to be championship or bust. I mean, I don't see any way that they don't win an NBA Finals and this trade is considered a success. I mean, when you have two of the best scorers in the entire NBA, plus a guy like Kyrie Irving, assuming he is still alive. There's no way you can't at least make the NBA Finals. And this big three is much different from the ones we've seen, mm-hmm. at least in our lifetimes. So yeah, the Celtics, even though we were four, five years old, mm-hmm. yeah, the Celtics with Pierce Allen Garnett, I was, six. James. I was six. You're just young. It's fine. Oh, I was saying like 2008 when they won the title. I thought they won in 2009. No, Lakers went back-to-back in 09 and 10, and then the Mavs won in 11. The Spurs won in 07. You're so right. Anywho. It's all right. It happens. Then we got the Heatles, James Wade Bosch, and the Warriors, Curry, Clay, and KD. Now, none of those big threes – could compare to this one because none of those big threes were as ball dominant and as all three of them possessive of this innate ability to get a bucket Mm -hmm. as all three guys in the nets do. And Mm -hmm. also is different. I, I really am interested to see who's going to sacrifice I, yeah. My biggest prediction, I think it's going to be Kyrie. And here's why. Because if I feel like if it's a tie game, 
final possession, shot clock is off. If Kyrie takes the last shot, we're going to be like, why didn't KD or Harden take that? Mm-hmm. Whereas with the other two, I feel it would be like, oh, you know what? It's, it's KD or it's James Harden. Yeah. Like, that's who yeah. should be shooting it. And mm-hmm. also, we've seen Kyrie be a secondary option already on Cleveland. And he hit one of the clutchest shots, if not the clutchest, in Cleveland Cavaliers history. He still got yeah. his opportunity, even though he wasn't the primary option. Harden, we could be like, oh, he was a secondary option. Yeah, but that was sixth man James Harden mm-hmm. on the Thunder. That wasn't He, he hadn't yeah. done his Captain America ultra transformation into this ultra-lethal score yet. That that just wasn't who he was on the Thunder. Will yeah. I, as you Quentin? said, that's like that took me that took me a second. <laughs> you said this trade grade isn't going to be valid for at least a few years. Yeah. Likewise to a trade like Anthony Davis's, where as we can say, the Lakers Pelicans trade was. I guess, great for both sides because, A, the Lakers won a championship, and, B, the mm-hmm. Pelicans got a few guys who are now a part of their core. Yeah. How, um, are, are, they your, are they your pick now to, to win the NBA Finals? Because I believe the odds on them winning the Finals are something like 3-1. to one. I could be wrong, but it's somewhere around that. No. It's no. for... For a lot of reasons. All right, elaborate. elaborate. First, okay, first thing was what you mentioned. You said the other big threes, like, you you had power division. Like, you obviously had – the Heat had to figure out it the first year, but it ended up being LeBron, Wade, Bosh. You had uh, the Celtics, who were kind of split between Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett um, as the one and two. Probably, or Pierce was kind of the one just because he was – uh, Celtic for longer, and obviously you had Ray Allen was the three. You had um, Durant, Curry, uh, Clay. Clay was the three, and you had uh, Durant and Curry. Who, when the uh, game was on the line, it was really just who had the better matchup on them at that time. With this, Kyrie has always said that he's thought that he was. Um, he he thought that he was the best option on every team that he's played for. That's why he wanted out of Cleveland. He wanted his own team. Well, man, man that's another thing. But yeah. I'll get to that. With this, with this team, it should be Durant, Harden, and then Kyrie. But Kyrie doesn't fill the like traditional complementary third-player role. Chris Bosh, you got great defense, great rebounding, can stretch the floor. Ray Allen, you have great three-point shot. Uh, Clay Thompson and I guess Draymond you consider was the fourth, even though he was nowhere close to and Clay. One, one thing, Anyone one, was still one, good three in defense. Well, yeah, one thing before you continue. Clay and Bosh and Ray Allen, they didn't need to dribble 20 times yeah. in order to be effective. Mm-hmm. Like, they could – like, Clay Thompson, when he made 14 threes against the Bulls, I think he took – Somewhere around twenty dribbles the whole game. Uh, like, I got you with the, the better one. Clay Thompson dropped sixty, and he had eleven dribbles. I want to say exactly. When he dropped sixty. Exactly. They can, they can fall back. They don't need to be ball dominant. This, yeah. this this is going to be very ball dominant. But please continue. You're on a roll. Please yeah, continue. But with but with uh, Kyrie, Harden, and Durant, Kyrie doesn't play that complementary role where it's like he doesn't fill in something that the other two can do. Essentially, all three of them specialize in putting the ball in the basket. Kevin Durant has gotten a lot better defense, which he doesn't get credit for. True. But if Very Kevin true. Durant has to, if Kevin Durant has to take a complimentary role, I I would I would lose my mind. And now K- Katie's got it. Katie's got to guard LeBron. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, uh, another thing. This is just going to be really weird for the whole like Katie. Um, not being able to do it by himself narrative, which will always get brought up every time. Um, and 
Uh, dang it! I just heard some news that I really, really, really didn't want to hear. Do you want to go to a technic? Do you want to go to a technical difficulties break? Uh, yeah, technical. Or do you, or, or do you Wait, want me to pick? What's a technical difficulties? The one where they go, uh, and then it goes like technical difficulties will react. No, I'll just I'll, I'll tell you after. All right, or we'll talk about it after for like two seconds. Um, I continue on the roll. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Durant's legacy. Um, I've always also thought that Harden would play much better with a small forward than with a point guard. Every time that they paired someone with James Harden, it's been a point guard. You've got Westbrook, you've got Chris Paul, and you've got. Well, yeah, Westbrook, Chris Paul. I mean, technically Dwight Howard, but okay. Thank Dwight you for Howard saying. Te- thank you for saying technically Dwight Howard. I didn't want you to include Howard in that conversation. I, the only reason I included him is because like he was the number two, but he was his like, intention was to be like a solid like number two. Yeah, um, but with Harden, the years that he was by himself, he was leading the league in assists, like. By a good margin, too. I'm pretty sure one year he put up, like, 11 assists. Now, that doesn't mean that he was passing the ball a whole bunch, but he's obviously got the ball IQ to know when he to kick it. I mean, if he's double-teamed, he's probably not going to kick it, but he's still going to hit the shot and get a free throw out of it. Um, but, yeah, if he had a – I was, always thought that it would be better if he had a three or a four um, or even another even a five just because that way that three, four, or five could just guard um, – your LeBrons, your KDs, your Kawhis, rather than having a role player specifically defender do it and then have Harden play the one. And even Matt, if you could match up Harden with like Curry or something or Damian Lillard, I think that would be great. He's got the size advantage. But now you are forced to play Kyrie at the one. James Harden has to be a two. Durant is probably going to have to play the four because you have either Joe Harris or... Uh, Landry Shamit, and then shift a couple of things around, but Durant's still playing the four. And that means that... Yeah, DeAndre Jordan's playing the five. Yeah. yeah. So, and, um, oh, go ahead. Sorry, last point, why they're not going to win, because teams that come together in one year never win. The only time that you technically saw it was when KD joined the Warriors, but that was one player joining the team. This one, Kyrie played like half a season and then KD is fully here this year James Harden's joining late you have a shorter season to begin with so team chemistry isn't there and the Nets aren't in the playoffs right now I think they're in 11th yeah they got to they got off to a shaky start all right so let's let's focus now on to specifically James Harden he is going to have to change his game and also his attitude. Um, As we said before, and as we've seen over this past decade, everything in Houston was centered around him on and off the court. He wanted Dwight Howard, didn't work out. He wanted Chris Paul, didn't work out. He wanted Russ, didn't work out. He wanted John Wall, and Mm -hmm. now he's gone. Yep. And did he want Wall? Like, did he yeah, the, yeah, there were a part of the reason why they made the trade is because Harden would have rather played with John Wall than Russell Westbrook, huh. or at least I that's what the that. at least at least that's what the media said. Yeah. Um, but then something that I, I think something that annoyed me I don't know about you was just Harden's obliterate or deliberate um, disgruntlement with the Rockets. I mean, yeah, you don't like it, but please don't act like that on the court. Yeah. I mean, there was like one play the other night where Harden had the ball and he wanted to give it to John Wall so he could get it back and create. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure. But John Wall was like not going to the spot Harden wanted him to go. Yeah. So Harden just threw it backwards, so Wall would have to like run to get the ball, and mm-hmm. it's just like, ugh. like the the only other instance where I feel like a player has taken out their frustration on an organization on the team 
this visibly was Vince Carter on Toronto. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Okay, well, at least he wasn't literally saying, like, get me out of Minnesota. No, he was saying get me out of Minnesota by playing with the third team and beating the starters. That was his way of being like, oh, yeah, wasn't he? uh, Okay, yeah, I totally forgot. He was being a prick in practice. You're right. Yeah, but in that in that situation, it worked because Jimmy Butler has really, really, really good leadership skills, and with James Harden at this point, we just don't know that yet. Like he could, I, and, he just hasn't been portrayed as someone who's a good leader. No, and, he, and he's evaporated in crunch time, specifically the playoffs. He's, I believe, he's one in four in elimination games, and the one win was against the. Clippers in 2015, and in the Game 7, he was completely out of it. He had his towel on his head on the bench, and his team Mm -hmm. picked up the slack. So that's the floor. That's really the floor if him and Kyrie and Durant can't figure out sort of this, this power struggle, because on the pod earlier this year, like, but right before the season started, Danny and Gabe and Rafe and I were discussing how we think maybe Kyrie and KD could have, like, elevated themselves where they were just looking down on their teammates and thought they were, like, they acted like, they would have acted like they were the two best, and that would have had mm-hmm. a negative effect on the team. Mm-hmm. This has all the workings to to crash and burn, but this could also be great. Yeah, as long as Kyrie is alive and shows up. Yeah, as long as James Harden continues to want to play basketball, that is something I have admired about James Harden mm-hmm. over the years. Is just yeah, he was pissed off at the Rockets, but he still showed up and played basketball. Yeah, he also seems to have fun playing basketball. Like, you don't just go in your bag of tools, create some random moves for something that you hate. Like, you obviously got to, like, love the sport if you're going to pull off a, what is it, behind the back, wrap around, keeping the same hand off of one, off of opposite foot leaning sideways towards the same side of the backboard. Yeah, dude, there's no doubt James Harden wants to play basketball. He's like the antithesis of, of load management. Yeah. Like, I, I have yet to see James Harden be, be load-managed. Like, he just wants yeah. to go out there, whether it be a night after the strip club or after eating a pregame meal of 2,000 calories, whatever it be, it, James Harden just wants to play basketball. And it's very evident that he, even though he's, he's angry, he, he, can, he can still drop 40 on you no matter the yeah. circumstances yeah that was the funny thing um someone had posted something that james harden was in a strip club the night before and then he pulls up shooting great efficiency drops 48 and 6 and it's like if you're <laughs> doing this like at a strip club it means you're probably slightly hung over to a certain degree imagine if hmm well, you know okay, we take, like, something, something fun. Yeah, go ahead, go something, ahead. Something, something fun and random. You know how we take like hoodie mellow, curry with contacts, um, mass LeBron. What is it? Mass LeBron. What about sober James Harden? Sober. How good would sober James Harden be? <laughs> it's pretty impressive because JJ Redick was talking about on his podcast like one. It was like when he was at Duke. He mm-hmm. went to. He was like visiting his friends in California, I think, and he went to the park to run like twos, I think, and he was really hungover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember, at, in college, Harden was, or excuse me, Reddick was a lethal shooter. He was nationally known. Yeah. And he he's this awesome shooter. He's dropping. 30-plus on Georgetown in Texas and whatnot. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa. Well, he, 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 he did. Yeah, he dropped 30-plus on Georgetown, and we won the game. Yeah. I, yeah. N- so I, I never, Eat your words. Eat your words. I, eat your words. I don't have any words to um, eat. Num, 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 num. I, I don't have any more to eat. Anyway, that's besides the point. James Harden, or 
damn it. JJ Reddick was really hungover, and he sh- he he said by like the end of the game, his teammate was begging him not to shoot. Like he was terrible. <laughs> like he said, he shot yeah. so bad. Like yeah. it, it's pretty impressive what James Harden is doing. In terms of what this all could be, I think this is a great A trade if the Nets win a title. Because we, we barely even talked about the draft picks that the Nets gave up. So, other than, obviously, the 2027 pick. Mm-hmm. So, they gave yeah. up four unprotected uh, firsts. Yeah. I said, last, last point about the Nets. Yeah. I mean, other than the record, the games that I saw them play, it seemed like they were already starting to gel. Like, all the role players, it seemed like, except their role. Apparently, Steve Nash got, like, the game ball after, like, the first or second game. And then they lose to the Hornets, and it just seemed to just, yeah. Hey, the Hornets, Hornets aren't terrible. I know they're not terrible, but it, I'm just saying, like, after one loss, they just yeah. kind of collapsed. Yeah. One, one big winner, or there's actually a few big winners on the Nets. One is Joe Harris. He's going to get all of the open looks, as if he wasn't when it was just Katie and Kyrie. Because yeah. defense is going to be so sucked into stopping hard and, and KD that he, he's going to get some he's going to get practice threes. Another winner is is DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan's about to rack up like twenty offensive rebounds. Jared Allen, who is now a Cleveland Cavalier, unfortunately mm-hmm. for him, he was averaging eleven and ten, and yeah. Brooklyn was a better basketball team when he was on the floor. Allen's net rating was plus ten and a half. DeAndre Jordan's was somewhere around zero. Yeah. And Jared Allen, A, is a great defensive piece. He's a great defensive asset. Yeah. And two, he's only 22 years old. Yeah, but that just means that they're going to have to pay him. And you obviously have those three on your books already. I mean, Harden's getting, like, the farm. I'm... (laughs) His contract's uh, at least 40-some. And then Durant and Kyrie both signed match extensions on opposite team. I really want to say four years, $161 million. Don't know why the number comes to my head, but it sounds like a really good number. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go with it. All right. Um, but, yeah, they were just going to have to pay Jared Allen. I think that's what they were thinking. And I'm pretty sure DeAndre Jordan, uh, minimum-ish contract. Sounds about like right. Like rookie. I feel like rookie level salary. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, so we agree that this is a great trade if they win a title, and a terrible trade if they don't. Yeah. I okay. Question I'm going to propose to you about that. Yeah. Is it a good trade if they just win one title? We're gonna be left wondering why they didn't win more uh, because I feel like with the heat they won two but everyone's yeah. like oh they could have won a they could have won a lot more they could have won in 2011 they should have won at least three they should have won yeah exactly that, that's what yeah. I'm saying and then you have whatever the way you put it then you have the Lakers in the early 2000s where it's like what if we're gonna be we're gonna be saying what if if they win only one title? So I I would honestly say no. Yeah, knock on wood for no injuries because that's always what seems. To oh happen. yeah, please so, please please wood, knock on wood. Please wood wood knocking, wood knocking. All right, let's move on to the team that has had the pleasure and curse of having James Harden on their basketball team, which is the Houston Rockets. Yeah. They finally get the monkey off their back. Mm-hmm. The air is definitely much clearer in Houston. I don't know if you were watching the San Antonio-Houston game just now. I was going to mention that. Yeah, they won by two. They won by two. It just, lo- it just looked like everyone was free. Yeah. Like they weren't under this burden of playing with James Harden. It just looked like they yeah. could finally play how they wanted to play. Yeah, and I, Gordon I'm said, up, quote, Rockets have a real direction after the trade. 
Okay, that, that's a question I want to propose. What, what is their direction now? Um, so now they have all these picks. They're in like, they're like but you're, a, you're, a better. They're like a better Thunder right now. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like. Because um, I feel like this is a this is this team right as constructed right now, is a playing team somewhere in the seven to ten range. Considering how tough the West is, yeah. Um, I I feel like the Rockets are just going to do what the Celtics did. Like you can just you have free to you're free to win games, play essentially whomever you want. If you lose games, fine. If you win games, fine. You essentially have two first round picks every year for the next a lot of years. Like, yeah. Um, well, here's, well, here's uh, the thing, though. One of those picks is Milwaukee, which is going to be in the late first round, probably. And unless your name is Jimmy Butler, late first round picks aren't exactly hot. Uh, Would you agree with, the with amount me? Of pick, with the amount of picks that they got, they're going to land at least one or two, like, at least borderline all-stars. Oh yeah, no, with no the doubt. with the amount of picks that they have, and one or two borderline all stars that you draft—that's a win. Well, that's beyond a win. That'll easily get you to like a four seed or something. Yeah, drafting is hard. Yeah, just ask the New York Knicks. This guy's Danny Ainge, the world's best GM, who can't draft for his life. Oh my, yeah, it's it's weird how. Oh well, like he's he's he got have, okay, he, he's got. He's gotten lucky recently, but there were like some really bad ones. Yeah, he's hey, he's yeah. he's yeah. People were uh, sleeping on Peyton Pritchard. I thought he was going to be better than expected, and he's been better than expected. He's, yeah. Anyway, continue continue on. You sounded like you were you were your train of thought was was humming along the All tracks. Right. So I don't want to keep interrupting. So please please go ahead. Uh, I was also going to mention that uh, Rockets won tonight without Oladipo. True. Christian Wood dropped 27. Uh, John Wall didn't even play. And Shannon Brown had 23. Wait the, um, what, Wait a second. Isn't Shit. it Shannon Brown? Sterling Brown. Sterling Brown. See? I was like, wait this a second. I would, have seen, I would have seen him flying through the air trying to end someone's career on a poster if... That was Shannon Brown. Second round pick from 2017, who's 25, dropping, what was that, I say, 23? Yeah, 23 on 37 minutes. Yeah, he was, he was like, good tonight. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, again, they don't have Oladipo. They didn't play Wall. They didn't play Eric Gordon. Um, so I think the Rockets are completely fine. I just want to look up how many picks they have. I think the Rockets are just like at this point they're just refreshed. Yeah. There's so much just toxicity and and drama within that organization to start the season. There's a lot, there's a lot of tension. Steven, si- I, I feel really bad. I felt really bad for Steven Silas having to deal with all this, but now they can finally just like they can just play. Uh-huh. Do you think the Rockets? I don't want to say did they get enough, because <laughs> they got they got a pretty big truckload. Do you think Oladipo can return to the Oladipo? To, to, can he return to peak Oladipo that we've been hoping for for a long time? Um, I I think he will, but. If we're talking in terms of like winning the trade, Oladipo doesn't really even have to. Like the draft capital alone was kind of enough for Harden. Them getting Oladipo is like great. I just forgot he's on a one-year contract, which kind of sucks. Yeah. He's probably gonna leave. Yeah. But I mean, they're gonna find uh, pieces in there somewhere. The next. Okay, that's just for the James Harden trade. 
I was really about to go on a run and list all the picks that the Rockets have. And they just <laughs> listed five of them. Come on, sportingnews.com. Gosh. Here, let, let me let me continue on the Rockets while you... Uh... Yeah, I'll look at the picks. I think it'll be interesting to because both for both the Nets and the Rockets, this could dismantle if free agency gets the best of Durant and Oladipo. Um, because I know oh, Durant's on Durant's um, Durant's contract is up by by this season. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because I know because uh... I know Oladipo is. Uh, I think Durant's next year because Durant and Kyrie signed same year, and they both signed for four years max. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So yeah, 2022, yeah. I'm on the Ringer.com right now, looking at the winners and losers. You know what? Let's while you're Here we looking, go. I got, oh, I, got the, I got the, I got finally got the picks. Found it. We found it. We found it. Right. TradeNBA.com. Let me hear Okay, it. so 2021, they have their own first. 2021, they have Detroit's first, uh, which is protected 1 through 16. Oh, right, the Christian Wood trade. Yeah. Yeah, but um, they'll, they'll eventually get that. Uh, they have a first from Oklahoma City. Uh, that has a lot of text. They got three first, four first round picks this year. They got a first round one through fourteen protection from Portland, so they're definitely going to get that. Um, I'm not going to read through the second round picks. Yeah. Um, they got two of them this year. Uh, 2022, they have their own. They have Brooklyn's. They have Milwaukee's. 2023, they have their own. They have Brooklyn's. They have Washington's, even though it's protected. 2024, yeah. they have Brooklyn's. 2025, they have their own, and Oklahoma City's. I'm pretty sure it's a pick swap, though. 2026, they have their own. 2027, they have their own, and Brooklyn's. Sorry. 2026 is a Brooklyn pick. So now they have secured first-rounders for um, a while to come. Plus, they got four this year, uh, which, oh, my God. Amazing idea. If I were the Rockets, um, I would trade these picks – for as many picks as you can get next year, and pray to God that you get number one, and then you get a Monty Bates. Ooh. Because that's Ooh. really what it—that's really what the draft is about. Is just hoping is you 20, get the top pick. Is is twenty twenty two a Monty Bates? I mean, that's. I'm trying to uh, think of other guys that they in twenty twenty two. Wait, would you be able to come out twenty twenty two? What do you mean? Who, who are you talking about? You? No, 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 no. Like, would high school players be allowed to come out in 2022? Or is that a 2023 thing? Because I know they always said that it's at least a 2023 thing. It might be a 2022. I cannot recall. I don't want to okay, give. Anyway. I don't want to give an incorrect answer. If if it is 2023, then you get as many picks for 2023. You got to shout out Mikey Williams, Bronny James, kid from Canada who's apparently better than Mikey. And uh, are you talking about uh, Bates. Are you talking about Chet, Chet Holmgren? No, that's a. Uh, oh, that's Minnesota. Never mind. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that would be the 2022 draft because he's graduating this year. Oh, good point. Good point. Good point. But yeah, I I don't. This is 2021 is the draft that I don't think you want a lot of picks in. Um, no, no, Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. I mean, it's good, but the next ones are going to be great. All right. Oh, and Jalen Green. And Jay, I, I'll be interested to see how he does in the G League. What is what is their name? What is their name? Ignite. Ignite. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, I mean, that'll be just, interesting to see. Yeah. My thing is, though, they'd have four first-rounders this year. I would rather have four first-rounders in another draft. They already have three for 2022. They have three for 2021. So, hmm. they're... We're doing good in the neighborhood. All right, I'll have to hit up. We'll have to hit up Tillman for Tito with our amazing idea to tank for Amoni Bates. So, final grade for the Rockets. I also think we we would kind of have to wait until twenty twenty seven, but 
I feel like, and maybe even beyond that, but I feel like as long as Secret Base, formerly known as SB Nation, doesn't make a collapse video on the Houston Rockets in 10 years, uh, I would... I would be happy if I was a Rockets fan, honestly. Because, hey, you, you went all in over the past decade to try and topple the Warriors and the Spurs and come out of the West. You, did you just hear my what, what, the washing machine in the background do its amazing jingle? Because yeah, you mentioned it earlier. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was just funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it too. Anyway. He went all in. It didn't work out. I feel like you got to take like a but you tried. almost like a yeah, you tried. You tried. It's got to be like a it, it might be like a New York Rangers approach. We the we how dare I say we the Rangers. They tried from 2010 to about 2016, 17 and then I really liked how man, the people up top handled it. They literally sent a letter to the fans we were, we were they were like, "Hey, We've tried, but this just isn't working. We can't get over the hump. It's time for a fresh start, but thank you for hanging mm-hmm. in there, and we'll be back. Like, I thought they handled that beautifully. I think this could almost be like that for the Rockets, but I think they were a little better than the Rangers were, sort of, in 2017-18, because on the Rangers, there were a lot of aging veterans. Like, their times were up. On the, this Rockets team, although they Boogie and Waller are veterans, they they've still got some. They've got juice. Oladipo's mm-hmm. still got juice. So does PJ Tucker and even guys like Nwaba and Christian Wood all still have like a lot of gas in the tank and they're still competing for a playoff spot. So I'll be interested to see how this all plays out. But I'm all for fresh starts. I like the whole the Rockets got back, and I I I would be happy if I was a Rockets fan. Let's move on to quickly recap the two other teams that were involved in the trade. Let's go first to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who acquired Jared Allen and Torian Prince and gave away their second-round pick. I forgot what year. Uh, no. Well, they gave, they gave away a second, and they also gave away Milwaukee's first, which you can kind of consider a second. Yeah, because late first. All right, so yeah. when I first saw them as a part of the trade, I was like, what the hell is Cleveland doing here like I I don't know why they chose to be a part of this and then I saw what they got and I was thinking about their current roster and whatnot thought about it for a bit let it marinate and I kind of like what they did because first of all Jared Allen is a friggin good basketball player as we said before the Nets were a better team he was on the floor he's averaging a double double and is a great defensive presence on a Cavalier squad that is currently tops in the league, I believe, or at least one of the top teams in the league in, in defense. And you're also getting someone like Torian Prince, who's just, who's a, he's a solid basketball player. And now, if you're Cleveland, I'm, I'm going to assume they want to shop either Love or Andre Drummond, who's been playing very well this year, because there's no way... All those guys on the roster, are, I feel like, can, can coexist. Um, yes. But now, now if you're Cleveland, you got um, you got Sexland, Isaac Okoro. Did you been, purposely mispronounce that? Mispronounce Sexland? It's Colin Sexton. Se- the ba- the backcourt of, of sex- Sexland, their, their nickname. Colin Sexton, Dennis oh, Garland. That just went over my head. All good. Okay. All good. So, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac Coro. It's been a nice surprise. Now you got Jared Allen. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a nice, that, that's a sort of promising core four. For the Cavs, yeah. who have it's it's been bleak since LeBron left. Now you got something to work with, which is progress. Yeah, um, I, know, I feel like the Cavs are kind of turning into the Detroit Pistons. Like we know how we said that the Pistons are a center hub. Uh, 
Cavs right now on the roster have Jared Allen, Marquise Bolden, Andre Drummond, uh, Larry Nance, who's power forward center, just can't shoot. Uh, JaVale McGee, Kevin Love, uh, and Dean Wade, who I don't think I've ever seen before in my life. But good for that guy for getting a contract. Shout out to Dean Wade. Shout out to Dean Wade. Hopefully he can have a better career than the other D Wade that played in Cleveland recently, sort of. Hey. 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 Washing machine. Washing machine goes hard. So for Cleveland, uh, I didn't expect them to throw their hat in the ring here, but I kind of like their return. Because it, it adds to their at least sort of promising young core, which yeah, now they got they is... got a lot of trade pieces now. You got again, mm-hmm. you can shop Kevin Love and uh, Drummond, and then find a place for Javale McGee and either get back draft capital that you lost or some young player that people are starting to give up on. Which I think is what Cleveland should kind of do. You think they you're should? You're not going to get. They should give up. You're already? not going to. No, 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 no. I meant to get a good player that people have started to give up on. Oh. Like, for example, like uh, Orlando getting Fultz and uh, gotcha. um, like D'Angelo Russell, like just a young player that um, either has been moved around a lot or like people think is starting to be a bust just because you're not going to get free agents. So you kind of that's like your free agency. You got to take a swing at a potentially another chance at a draft pick. Yeah. I think that's a good strategy. That's a good strategy. I like that. All right. Let's move on to the final team here. The Indiana Pacers who basically exchanged Victor Oladipo for Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert, Karis LeVert, first of all, to do your job really well and constantly be involved in trade talks has to be not fun at all. Yeah. But Karis LeVert is a he's a really good basketball player. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think in the bubble last year, the Kyrie and Katie list seven seed and Nets, Karis LeVert was the star on that team. Yeah, he And is... he was putting up star numbers. And I'm pretty sure he did he Am I just making this up or did he drop like 40 points or something the other night. I will be able to check in one second. I'm pulling up basketball reference. Don't you love how prepared we are? Gosh, what a great podcast. <laughs> 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 I just felt like that. So Karis no, LeVert has been doing... averaging, he's been averaging 18 and a half a game in about yeah. 27 minutes this year. I'm checking his game log now. He did drop 43. Haha. Against Memphis. Good job. He dropped 43. Good job. On wow. Yeah. 15 for 23 from the field and 7 for 9 from downtown. Yeah. Yeah, uh crazy thing for him for me was uh in the 12 games uh that he played this year, yeah. He's averaging the same amount of points but with two other stars, yeah. less turnovers, more blocks. Like point one less steals, so whatever. More assists. Uh, rebounds is up. Free throw percentage is up by uh, what is that? Five percent, which is a pretty good jump from year to year. Uh, he is shooting less, but in terms of free throws, his two point field goal percentage is up. His three point percentage is down, but that can always go up. And his field goal percentage and totals up. Like he was putting up almost identical numbers to a team with better players. So you would think that his numbers would go down. That's just not true. His PR this year is nineteen. That's a very good number. So what I'm interested to see it with Lavert on the Pacers. It was weird on the Pacers because there was sort of a power struggle there as to who was sort of like the guy between Brogdon and Sabonis and Oladipo and even TJ, even TJ Warren a little bit and Miles Turner. TJ, even TJ Warren, TJ Warren last year, just that was something. 
That was something. Uh, the um, what was the record? Uh, Pacers are seven and four though. So yeah, they're they they're are, they're a good basketball team. I think they're proving that continuity, especially in a season like this, can can yeah. still win out. Yeah. Um. But I think I think I honestly think so. Do you think Sabonis has established himself as like the guy? Um, because I feel like he doesn't get enough recognition because he's been awesome. He doesn't. He does not get enough recognition. But I don't think he's established himself as the guy. Um, you think it's Brogdon. I just. I think it's. I think it's split. Yeah. I. Uh, I think it's like game comes down to the line. You're not giving the ball to either of them. You're sitting a pick and roll and just going from there. Yeah, you're just finding the matchup you like, I guess. Yeah, he is averaging 21 and 12 and a half and almost six. So, you're talking about? Yeah, the... Sabonis. Dang. That's really yeah, good. Uh, Brogdon's averaging 22, seven and a half. 1.7 steals and uh, 45% from three. Was it 50, 40, 90? He's almost 50, 40, 90. He's just missing the free throws. He's actually almost, he's 56, 45, and 87. So that's, a, that's a club. And then, of course, you had Oladipo averaging 20. Um, I mean, I feel like Karis Levert would, like, not necessarily give you the same production as Oladipo, but give you enough mm-hmm. where you're not gonna you're not gonna miss it. Like you might miss it in a game where you lose by three. Yeah, but a game that you lose by like five, you'd be like, yeah, we probably would lose with Oladipo anyway. A game that you win, you're like, yeah, we probably we definitely win with Oladipo. Just be a little bit more. True. So I, I guess I, I can't not like what the Pacers did. I mean, it, it, it's Karis Levert. You swap for Victor uh, Oladipo, who wasn't even on the team. Yeah, plus you get something for him because he's was probably going to leave. Also bad. He got him yeah. for longer. All right, that'll do it. So this Nets trade could turn out to be very, very good, or it can crash and burn. Like the Clippers may do themselves, but they've looked they've actually looked all right. Will, thank you for joining. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Make sure to check out the blackandwhite.net. Still got a slew of awesome stories going up there from some awesome writers. Make sure to check out the rutabaga.net as well. Walt Whitman's amazing satire website. And that is not satirical what I just said. They have some really great satire up there. Everyone <laughs> who is still listening, 54 minutes in, thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us on this journey, talking about James Harden as well as a few other teams. Make sure you're still washing your hands, wearing a mask when you go out in public. Everyone, please enjoy yourselves. (laughs) 